You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hi guys, welcome to session two with Robin. So, so happy you guys are here and listening to this season. I know the first few sessions can always kind of feel like we're like ramping up to get into something and I feel like we do it so quickly here. We have, you know, very normal start with talking about, you know, price and messaging and then really, really go deep into what's coming up for Robin and her experience right now. So I think this is going to be really useful in seeing how, you know, yes, at times it is about the surface level stuff. It is about the strategy and we need to be able to go there. And often it's so much deeper than that. And the quicker we can get there in coaching, the better really, because the more we're addressing that, the easier the surface level strategy stuff gets. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to this session and really grateful to Robin for just being willing to dive right in both in terms of just coaching and also in terms of like knowing this is recorded. So excited for you guys to listen. It's really a beautiful one. Awesome. What's going on? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. How's your week? It's been good. And I have a lot more energy this week, which is good. Mm, yeah, that is good. I'm sure that's like a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, a little bit. And I like last week, I just absorbed a lot of stuff, like collective stuff. And so, yeah. <laughs> It is a heavy, heavy time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So give me a little update. Like I know we kind of left it on really reworking the offer. I know we were talking about kind of like pricing, naming, and base camp. Just give me like a little brain dump on like where you're at with all that. Yeah. So I am sold on like shuffling things up. I'm okay. sold on changing it from four months to six months. Okay. Um, sold on changing the name. Yeah. So I'm sold on everything. I think the only thing I get, I get stuck with is that I do help earlier stage coaches, but I'm never like the, their first stop. So I don't want to, I don't want to be misleading with the name because we don't just do like beginner stuff. Like I feel like it's actually like advanced and a lot of the content that I do and a lot of the workshops I do, I always hope that it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving. Like many clients will say like, I learned something from this, but like six months later now I like fully sinks in, like I really get it. And I, I want it to be something that meets them where they're at, but also shows them where they're going. So it's not really like beginner, beginner. And yet it is foundational. I think what's helpful is like a lot of the things were talking about in terms of like going to six months, reworking pricing, things like that, I think are things that suggest it's not fully beginner too. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like, okay, you're new. Let me give you this like short window, low price point. It's like, no, like we kind of want you to be like ready to take this further and like have a higher level of like investment and commitment. And so I think like certainly we can talk about that in terms of like name and messaging, but I just want to say, I actually think those things are really supportive of communicating that message. 
Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. It makes sense. Yeah. I think a good way to think about it is like price and time in course communicate a message all on their own, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So something that I just really wanted to point out here, I think I said this to Robin, but it feels like an important thing to speak on is how price and timeline definitely communicate a message about who your program is for. And so when I say timeline, I mean, you know, is it three months, six months, et cetera. So I think so often we're kind of just arbitrarily picking a price or we're like, what does the message need to be? But we forget how much price and container or timeline actually really do communicate its own message around like, what level of commitment do you want someone to have? What level of ability to show up do you want them to have? All of those kind of things. And so for Robin raising the price and extending the commitment, I think is really important because it reflects her level of commitment in this program, right? She shows up so fully, she gets one-on-one support. She does a lot of back and forth, a lot of content reviews. Like it's so much more than most programs. And so, you know, we want the price in the container and timeline to really be able to reflect that because if not, there's dissonance there, right? Like it's like, well, the price is super low and the timeline's only three months, but I get all of this support and all of this stuff. Like that sometimes feels confusing to buyers actually and can make them a little more questioning if they want to step into that or if they want to buy unless we make that make sense to them, right? So just remember when thinking about your offers, your containers, your pricing, those communicate a very strong message as well. And so you want to make sure those are aligned with what you're trying to say. Is there something that you're like concerned with with the name around that where it feels like it's too beginner or you were just saying like you want to just be like conscious of that and how you're talking about it. Yeah, I think I just want to be more conscious of it. Oftentimes the feedback I get after Club Rise is that people say it's just like so much value. It's way more value than they had expected. It's so funny because that's such a good and bad type of feedback. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like that's almost like exactly what we want, but we're like, yeah, except I kind of do wish I was like communicating the value, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like, great. So something in the marketing is not exactly working. (laughs) If you ask them, like, what do you think surprises them the most? Do you know? A lot of them say that they got exactly what they needed, even though it was different to what they thought they wanted in the beginning. Which I'm imagining is the personalization. It's personalization. I think also a lot of the time, like one of my gifts as a coach is to like really, really see people and to like really make them feel held in that space. And I think a lot of people go into group containers kind of expecting they're not going to have necessarily Mm -hmm. the depth and intimacy of that experience. Yeah. Right. And also they leave club rides with like lifelong connections and like real genuine relationships with the other people. Oftentimes it leads to clubs and things like that. So I think those things are a little bit surprising. The other thing that they, so there's two camps. I work with a lot of like healers and holistic practitioners and people who are really familiar with like embodiment and somatic stuff and things like that, or people that are totally not in that world and just come to me for the strategy. And so the people who are healers will say like, I didn't realize you could really integrate business with personal development and the somatics and stuff so well. And then the people who are brand new to it, it's like they dip their toe into this world that they just want more of. Yeah. So I think the integration feels important there. Like obviously the, the personalization is, but I think 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like we're trying to lean just like a touch away from that being like the only selling point, right? Yeah. And so it feels like selling points are more like intimacy because you can still have intimacy without having to completely personalize and integration of like business, healing, somatics. Do those two feel fair to say or what would what comes up for you there? Yeah. I definitely think that's it. What I would say most people say they want is like the systems piece because they're usually quite creative. They're usually able to generate a lot of ideas. They're multi-passionate. And so like they're very cluttered. Their business is all over the place. They just have a lot going on and I can really streamline it and make it succinct and sustainable for them. So that part of the messaging is, is the thing that seems to get them in the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like where they're surprised is like intimacy, somatics, but like you don't know that they'd buy for that particular exactly. thing either. Yeah, yeah, Fully hear that. Like I think that's where the good surprise is a good surprise, <laughs> not a bad surprise of like, okay, we're not communicating the value. I think that's where it's like, okay, that's great that those things surprise them. I think it's so important to kind of acknowledge the good and the bad of hearing from people like, oh, this is so much more value than I thought, or like, wow, I had no idea this was gonna be so incredible, blah, 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 right? Like, in some ways, we always wanna surprise and delight our clients, and we always wanna deliver value that's far beyond what they maybe assumed they would get. And in other ways, it can really be a sign for us that we are not fully owning things in our message or we are not fully communicating how great something is and so both kind of are true in some ways and you know neither is right or wrong but it is helpful to not just see this as like oh that's great i hear that from clients all the time and that's such an awesome thing like it is and you really want that to match like you want them to feel like wow like this was so juicy and so amazing i loved every minute of it but you don't want that to be like the biggest surprise in the world either or you're leaving money on the table and you're leaving people out that would have been a great fit for this container had you just told them a bit more about how great it was and so pay attention to that if you're hearing that all the time it's not to say don't celebrate yourself in that but it is to say there's usually a little more to that that we want to look at if that's the messaging you're getting so often it's interesting to me because maybe maybe tell me this from your perspective as much as possible, but obviously it's hard because it's you. But do you think that they're really – like I, I'm imagining a lot of what they're buying is like just your energy to an extent. Like they just can feel that you're really going to hold them. And so they would want to learn systems from you. Do you think that's true? Or do you feel like it's like the specific way you talk about systems or like try to walk me through that a little? I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially because I watched you over the last few weeks really talk about how you don't share a lot of your personal life mm -hmm. and how you've never had to. And that's something I've always done. And I've always felt like I'm just an open book as a person. So like, yeah. to me, that just feels like it's not marketing. It's just me sharing. And also it's what yeah. sells really well. Totally. And so I do think a lot of people... I think I get a lot of emotional buyers, like the intuitive buyers that are like, I just feel like I need to be here. Yeah. And where I think I have room to grow is to like really speak more to my authority and really more to like what I bring to the table as a leader, because a lot of people don't know my background. They don't know I have 11 years in business strategy. They don't know I had a nonprofit. They don't know I've partnered with really big brands. They don't know I was the senior business manager for like the biggest companies in Canada. 
as a consultant, like they don't know that stuff because I don't lead with it because it yeah. doesn't, I don't know, you know, there's just like, my background's a bit of a confusing story because it's so layered and I've never found a way to share that leadership and that authority in a way that will not be confusing. That makes so much sense because it's almost like we both have a never had to on either end of the spectrum. Like I never really had to share my personal life, although I would, and it's like, it's, it's fine. I've just never had to. It's not really a thing. And like, conversely, like you, you've shared that. So you never really had to share the authority and like, not that you wouldn't or not that that's a problem. It's just like, hasn't been a thing that you needed to make sales. And so I think that's really helpful to see is like, there's this book I really like. It's called Compelling People. And they talk about their, I think they're both Harvard researchers or some big school in that sense. And they do all this research on what makes people compelling. And they say it like really distills down to one thing, which is the ability to demonstrate strength and warmth simultaneously. Mm. And so it's interesting because both of those are really important. Like if you demonstrate a lot of strength, you will get buyers. If you demonstrate a lot of warmth, you will get buyers. If you demonstrate both at the same time, you are untouchable as a brand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm hearing is like you've demonstrated so much warmth because you bring so much of that. You share so much vulnerability, but some of those strengths, like having this background is just not something that has always shown up. And so that might be like really amazing to be like, what does it look like to lead with this as I want to expand more? And not that you have to share it, but it's like, if just sharing the the warmth has gotten you this far, imagine what both together could do. So this compelling people thing is always so interesting to me. I think about this all the time and in terms of what they really kind of solidified is the ability to simultaneously demonstrate strength and warmth. And when I think about coaching, like there's almost nothing more important than being simultaneously able to demonstrate strength and warmth, right? Like our clients want to feel safe and held by us and they want to feel like we can be that kind of like strength for them when they're, you know, maybe fluctuating and having a tough time. And also it is so crucial that they feel warmth toward us and compassion and kindness and support that isn't just through strength, but through opening, through vulnerability, all of that, right? And so I always think that's so important to recognize that a lot of, I think the messaging in our industry leans very heavily one way or another. Like someone either wants you to come out as like this very strong thought leader with these perfect opinions and you are right and everyone else is wrong and you kick your clients' asses and all of those things. Or it's like very, very into like the warmth and feminine of like, I'll just hold you, I'll just support you. And typically the most compelling people, the people we are most drawn to, the people that maybe give us the best results even, have the ability to demonstrate both simultaneously. And so I think it's just helpful to note that um, this does not have to be like a 50-50 split, right? You don't have to go look at your brand now and be like, am I being strong 50% of the time and warm 50% of the time? That's not really it. It's just looking at your brand and saying, do both of these show up? Because that's really important in terms of how I'm presenting and how compelling my content maybe is, but also definitely in terms of how I'm showing up as a coach and how supported I think people feel overall. And so I really think about this concept a lot and I hope it's helpful for you too. Totally. And I think that it's 
also just like my personal evolution. Like I definitely feel the strongest I've ever felt in my life because I've gone through so much, especially this year that it's like, I just like really, I don't know how to say it, but I've just shed a skin that was just like younger version of me. And there's just this like wiser, stronger, I'm not here to like mess around or play small anymore version of me. Like life is so, so sacred. And like we get one shot and I'm just like ready for the next thing. That completely makes sense. I think once when you deal with things like death and grief and loss that just seem unimaginable, like it it brings you to a place in yourself that maybe a more naive version of you couldn't access, right? Yes. And I feel like that like for me, there was a loss of innocence with my grief yeah. that I've like really had to process. And I want to retain a sense of innocence, but also with that loss, there's this like white space now for like a badass version of me that's yeah. like still soft, but is it's just different. There's more yeah. fire. Yeah. It's so interesting because I feel like I have, I can think of a client really specifically who we've been talking about, like she really needs to be like in her soft era. And I think like you're like, I've been in my soft era for a while and I actually really need to be in my like strong era. Yeah. Her fiery era maybe is more fun. Yeah, exactly. Like without going into the like wounded warrior piece of like over hustling and like being too much in my masculine, I think there's like a really healthy hybrid now that can be consolidated. And yeah, I just like personally like just owning it more I think I've never really owned owned it and it's funny because my I had a previous coach and I'd always be like yeah but can I say this because like I don't want to be misleading in my marketing here or like (laughs) yeah I was like the senior manager here but like we were consulting firm and we were consulting big companies it's not like I was working directly in the big companies and like you know like just so like wanting to accurately portray the expertise. And she was like, the only people who like care so much about being transparent are the ones who are like obsessing over these details. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, like no one works in a silo in the big firms. I'm like, yeah, there were teams and other people were also involved in all the, just all the ways that we kind of gaslight ourselves into actually owning our, our gifts and like what we've experienced. Do you feel that there's a resistance in you to sharing that or going bigger? Like, is there like, are you using that as a justification to not have to sometimes? Definitely before yeah, I would, because the corporate world is so different from the coaching world. And like the reason I left that world is because I didn't want to bring any part of that into my Mm, business mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yet there was so much gold that happened in that season of my life that was like a mentoring period for my own growth that I think the coaching world actually needs a little bit because there's all this like love and light and like just like manifest stuff and it's like well no actually like that's not how business works and like there is a, a level of discipline and devotion and work ethic and like intention required to just like, you know, and also business coaches, there's a lot of business coaches that their first, I don't want to like shame anybody, but like their first coaching business is a business coaching business. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it's like, 
you know, like I, I think that I can really leverage the fact that I've been doing this for a long time in a lot of areas before the online coaching space. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, this feels so important. I think it feels so important too as like the lever you've kind of always had is like the the personalization and like warmth and like that did everything you needed it to do. And now you're like, I want to scale and I want to not solely depend on that. And so I do have this whole other part of myself that I can access to bring to this. Like that's exciting. Yeah, I think so. Especially because now that my daughter's getting older, I'm like, I'm like way more conscious of her being part of my brand online and like mm. what part of my family stuff we share and I think there is like a little bit of like wanting to pull back slightly with that. And I'm always happy to share like the human side of everything. And I think that's the piece that I enjoy and what people resonate with. But then to balance that, I think is really important for people to like really understand that you can help them. For sure. Like you, you still want to be like expert coach, not like bestie. And there's like such a delicate balance of all of those things that always kind of goes on. But I think like, even from like a sales perspective, I think like you, you know, I do this too. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's like, you really sold your personal time Mm -hmm. to now, you know, we do that as one-on-one coaches. I mean, that's part of the exchange, but I think like, obviously you're shifting a little bit more towards selling your expertise in like club rise. And so I think like being able to lean on that maybe quite heavily feels really important. Yes, I really agree. Is there anything that comes up for you? I'm not like a service assistant there. It's like more like just like the specifics of like, how would I say that? Or how does that integrate? I think it's because I've lived, like my friend said that some people live a life with like multiple chapters in a book. And she was like, I feel like you live multiple books <laughs> in your life. Like, you know, there's like very specific seasons of my life yeah. that like to outside people is like, what do you mean you lived in Japan? What do you mean you lived in Korea? What am I like Hawaii? Like you had a magazine, what you read a nonprofit, you grew up in Africa. Like what? It's a mess. <laughs> and so it's like, I've, I've had so many epic experiences in my life and I feel like now it's about like, how do I find the common thread that Mm -hmm. like tells that story without getting lost in the details, but also accurately portrays the depth and I don't know, the gift of that journey, you know, like one of my clients, she's in her fifties and she always says like, you're such a wise soul. I don't know how you got so wise for your age. And it's like, well, because I've lived so many lifetimes, (laughs) And I've just never been able to bring all of them to like one table at once. That makes total sense. And and ironically, I think almost, and I'm not saying like this is a bad thing because it's the season of life you're in, but I can see how you've almost like gone so the other way of like, oh, just the normal everyday, like I'll show you, like I loved that story where you're like soup exploded or whatever, but it's like, those are funny contrasts when you really think of that. Right. Yeah, totally. Like where it's almost like you went, you pendulumed like so far the other way. Cause you're like, that's all too much to explain. So like, we'll just like share just this little piece. Right. Exactly. It's like, I don't know how to bring all of that without you being either totally confused or being like, what pipe is she smoking? Like this doesn't make sense. (laughs) 
I really appreciate Robin naming that pendulum swing of not wanting to bring corporate stuff into the business. Like we can get very much like corporate is wrong. It is bad. I will bring none of that. But the truth, truth is that a lot of good things come from that too. You know, you, there was a lot of good and gold in that experience for her as well. Like I think about that with data a lot. You know, we talk about data so much and I think a lot of people are so quick to write it off because it feels corporate -y, It feels big businessy. It feels like not us as like, you know, female entrepreneurs. But the truth is we don't want this pendulum to swing that far. Like the reason corporate uses data so much is because it's a really helpful tool and it really, really makes a difference. And it's like really incredible. The reason a lot of big businesses use the same thing. So, you know, we don't want to write off those things that actually fundamentally really make a difference and work because we're kind of othering them. We're like, oh, that's for a big business. Oh, that's for corporate. Oh, that's not this. And yeah, everything doesn't have to be certainly, right? But there are many things that are helpful if we really pay attention to and own it. And so I think that it's just helpful for Robin to name like, oh, the pendulum swung a little far. What would it look like for me to come back to the middle ground a little bit where I don't have to run my business like this large corporate entity, but I also get to take the gold from what I learned there and really bring it into. I think she's probably bringing it into her client experience already, but I think definitely more so into her marketing and her own experience would be really useful. Well, it also reminds me of what people almost try to do in the opposite end sometimes where it's like they don't feel like sharing their everyday would be exciting enough. And so they put all this pressure on themselves to like go do something exciting so they can showcase it or whatever. And it's like neither really ends up feeling that good. And so I think like, yeah, it is important to be like, how, how do we showcase all of this? And, you know, maybe some of it is the permission to let it be messy and for someone to wonder what pipe you're smoking because obviously there was that. I don't know if that that feels like a resistance or if it's more just like logistically how do I communicate this but I think like probably letting it feel really messy to communicate versus even trying to find that one thread initially is maybe like the most helpful. Yeah I think there was this moment that like it's always in my head because I had this workshop with this guy who was like facilitating it and he asked people to like write down their life story. And I was like writing it all over the place, but like the way he kind of was facilitating it was to shame people who were looking for the thread through it mm. and to be like, you're just looking at the parts of the story that you want to align with the thread instead of just like sharing the story objectively. And so I think at that point I stopped like looking for the thread subconsciously mm. and I was just like, it just gets to be a chapter. It just gets to be a season. It just gets to be part of the whole thing. But really like everything we go through in our life shapes who we are and how we see the world. And in some capacity, all of those experiences have shaped the way I see people, the way I see business, the way I value entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I do think there is a golden thread somewhere in the essence and maybe it's the values of it but i don't yeah like i don't know because it's just so it's like i grew up in africa i'm an immigrant child I'm, i moved to japan i lived and traveled around the world for years i did my master's degree in economic mobility as my thesis for international relations i wanted to work for the un then i worked over here and then i did corporate and it's like it almost to me sounds like it would erode trust because it's like so mm. all over the place that it's like, you know, but to me in my life, I just see it as like following the breadcrumbs of like each next 
season and it's always been led by my value of well freedom for sure but also like connection and and growth so like there are those threads but I don't want it to be so random that people are like this doesn't make you know yes when you say the a road chess piece do you mean because they're literally going to be like I don't believe you that's not true that's so wild or do you mean it's because it's going to seem like you change your mind a lot or like what's that piece that feels like ooh, that's that's my like nervousness around trust I don't care if they don't believe it because it's like so factually true that it's like whatever I think it's more that you know, we talk about niche and like staying in a lane and like repetitive marketing and all of that. And I think it's more the fact that it just feels so random. I think, I mean, this sounds like the cheesiest thing ever, but I think like you are the lane. <laughs> like when we think about staying in the lane, like you and your experience is the lane. Like I think that you do a great job of sharing you and your experience in present. And I don't think you're worried about like, oh, is it weird to share soup or something? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, this is my experience. Yeah. It's my lane. So I feel like there's maybe like a, a retroactive way to kind of put that in of like, to me, that's not you going out of your lane at all. It's like you staying very squarely within it. What was the second piece? Like, just like the randomness. Yeah, the randomness. I think it's really about like giving myself permission to be more multidimensional. Yeah. Well, I think especially as you're launching a second business, like I almost feel like that is what you're stepping into is like being multidimensional and having like other things and interests and experiences and like this whole life. Like it almost reminds me of like how therapists are sort of expected to be this almost like blank slate. Yeah. And I think sometimes as coaches, we can almost try to fall into that a little bit on accident where we're like, oh no, just here to support just this blank slate. Just, I know I've personally fallen into that myself too. So I wonder if there's like you not wanting to like go too big because you don't want them to like know of all this other stuff you have going on. But I actually think like letting them in would be so big. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting. I've always thought I don't have a problem with like letting people into my world, but I actually have a really big problem with look at me marketing. Mm, I mean, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> you know, and it's like, every time I think about that, I'm like, I don't think people really care about this stuff. They just care about how I can help them. But I know it's part of the fact that evidence that I can help them. I think that's what's so hard. It's so interesting. I was having this conversation with one of my clients the other day almost this exact conversation, which is so funny. And she was saying, basically, like, I would never, ever buy something from someone that was like, how I made X amount in X amount of time. Um, she's like, but this so-and-so person is doing this training on how to get XX. And obviously, that's exactly what I'm focused on my business right now. Like, that's what I would go buy. And I'm like, why would you buy from that person? And she's like, well, he's created a multi-eight-figure business and da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, so it does matter to you. What if someone like in your Facebook group was doing a training on the same thing? Would you do it? And she was like, probably not. So I think that like yeah. there is such a both and. Like I think there is this look at me marketing that has gotten taken so far in our industry where it's like the singular reason to buy from someone is because they've made a lot of money. And I think that's bullshit, right? But I also think like, we do want to know why you're the person I should learn from or get that value from. And like that helps me make decisions in a complex decision-making environment of like a very 
saturated space. So I do feel like that's like there's a way to do that that isn't also just leaning so hard to look at me marketing that you're gonna like gross yourself out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that like makes me so cringe. And it's also why I don't lead with like my I have in the past every now and then dropped like financial wins, but I also don't lead with it because I don't want someone to hire me just because of those things. But now that I'm speaking this out loud, I'm thinking, well, I don't really like the evidence I give people is my case studies, my social proof, my testimonials. But there is this huge window of opportunity of evidence from like where I've come from that is totally underutilized. Yeah, I think that's it, right? Like, are we going to build your whole brand around it? Of course not. But could that be making your job easier if you had that Mm -hmm. in your brand? Probably, especially as we're talking about like more of like a scalable model, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like I was always a little bit insecure about how much success I had at a younger age in my life. And so when it came to coaching, for example, I'd be like, well, I'm only, now I'm 34. But when I was younger, I'd be like, well, who are you to say that you're like this wise life coach who's got all this lived experience in your 20s, you know? And and that was just like a story I had in my head that like really kept me small. And I don't believe that at all. Like I've learned so much from people in their 20s and I don't yeah. think that age like at all defines what we can contribute to the world. But it's a story I've had in my head, probably from, you know, the economic structures we've grown up in where it's like there's seniority and it's usually age related and you climb the totem pole. But now in my in my life, I've reached this stage where I'm like, I do have so much lived experience. I do also have over 11 years of business experience. I do have these things that like I can fully back myself now that imposter syndrome is like really not loud. Yeah. 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 I think that what I find so like interesting about it is I'm sure you see this with your clients too, but the longer I do this, the more I realize that like the people who are probably like best suited to do this also have the hardest time telling people why they're best suited to do this. And the people who are often not best suited to do this have the easiest time telling people why they're best suited to do this. (laughs) So I mean, like not the easiest, but also like one wanting to normalize that and two wanting to say like, that is that to work because if you can nail both of those things, like not only am I just the best suited to do this, but I'm actually really good at explaining why that is like, man, that's where it gets really good. Right. Yeah. I need to hang out in that space. Yeah. 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 I think you've always thought, and I, again, I think we are quite similar. I resonate with this a lot. Like I've always kind of accidentally and or on purpose, depending on the season of my life, leaned into the idea that I'll just show them. Like, I don't have to tell them. I'll just show them. I'll just go get clients results and I'll show them. I'll just go give a lot of value and show them. And what I often have to remind myself is I'm making it so much fucking harder for them and myself (laughs) because yes, I do want to show them. I do want to get the result. But if I would just tell them, we would all have a shorter path here. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And even if they don't work with you, you've inspired possibility for them. Yeah, totally. Ugh, this conversation about the, the like, I'll just go show that mentality. I, I just, I resonate so much here because that is super aligned to how I run my business in many ways. Like I'm like, I'll get client results and I'll just show people. And in some ways that's really empowering because it feels like, well, I don't have to convince you of anything. I'll just go show you. And that can be really great. 
but it can also make our lives so much harder <laughs> because yes, we can show you, but if I also told you, then like we're both on a faster path to getting there, right? If I just show you and I expect you to make all the connections, take all the context from that, you know, connect all the dots, then like, yeah, that's true and that's cool. And when someone hires you from that place, they've probably done all those things and they're probably a pretty great client. But what if you shorten the path? You know, what if you showed them and told them? Like, that seems like it would be great, doesn't it? I say that as a reminder to myself, but I think that it, really does rub up against some of our edges like robin's saying like it rubs up against her edge of like the look at me marketing and i think there is a way to tell people why they should work with you why you're great why you do have all of this stuff that you can show them to back it up without having to get so into look at me marketing it gets out of integrity or gross and so i think this is just like a good reminder for all of us self-included that Yes, we do want like our work to speak for itself. And also it is so brave and empowering and useful for us and our clients to be willing to speak on our work too. So do you think that's a mindset piece or is that a skill gap or a bit above? I'm imagining, I mean, like, I think what we can see how it unfolds as you lean into it, but I, through this conversation, I don't hear a lot of resistance from you. Obviously it might come up and that's totally, totally okay. But I think it's a focus gap sometimes. Like I, I really think that sometimes it's habitual. Like I notice in myself when I fall into that, it's not because I'm like in massive resistance or something a lot. It's because I'm like, oh, I just forgot that, that like that I was supposed to be mm -hmm. focusing on that. You know what I mean? So to me, it's like, it's just a habit you haven't built yet. Like you haven't had to, and you've never really given it the focus. And so, yeah, it's just not natural, but I think it would probably be quite easy to build if it got like attention. Does that feel true? Yeah, I do think so. Yeah, I think that the part that when you said that I'll just show them that really rang true where I was like, I don't wanna lead with my resume. I wanna lead with results, like real-time results, but I do have a pretty good resume that I should probably use to back it up. When you hire someone, do you care about both or do you only care about results? I'm a little bit of a rebel. So I feel like, like any like formal things, like, you know, personally, I really didn't like school. I got multiple degrees. I got my master's degree. I value education. I enjoy learning, but I also would never not hire someone because they don't have an undergrad. Yeah. For example, and I think it's so silly that so many opportunities in life are really like there's these systemic barriers to me that just don't make sense with these like formal pathways. And so I think the rebel in me was like, I don't want the traditional path. So I'm not going to share anything that I did on that mm -hmm. career wise, work wise, because my life has never been traditional until this chapter, which is funny. But career wise, it, you know, the traditional parts of that journey, I think I undervalue. Yeah, I hear that. Like when you're really zoomed out, you're like, this means nothing. Like something I always think about is like the only people who think an MBA are cool are people who don't have an MBA. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then when you have one, you're like, wait, that was fucking it? That's what they taught you there? Like what the hell, right? Yeah. So I like I very much get that. But also I do think like it, it shows pieces of you that you're leaving out. And maybe that's how we can think about it. It's not so much that we want it to feel resume based or, you know, like even really like about the systems in which you, you know, got degrees or anything like that, but more about like what has your life 
journey been and how did it lead you here? Mm-hmm. And maybe that is where you do want to lean into the thread. Maybe that would feel more like satiating to kind of know what that is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there is a way to position that from very much like an expert standpoint without having to make those things more important than they have to be. I think this is a really important conversation that I I find myself having with clients often is like, is it me or is it the system? (laughs) Right? Meaning like, yes, as mothers, we take on more and this is in many ways our natural tendency in some capacity. And also some of it is more of the systems we live in, patriarchy, all of those kind of things. And so, you know, being able to balance those is really helpful because when we can see what our role is in the bigger system, it can often be a little bit easier to change instead of just feeling like, oh, I'm just someone who shows up in this way. When we can say like, oh, I'm someone who lives in a system that encourages me to show up in this way. How can I look at that different? I do think it gets a little bit easier to identify and see our way out of sometimes. So I think that this is just something to remember, like, you know, and you can apply this to anything. It's not just patriarchy, but like even online business, right? Do I really want this? Or is just this like the system of online business telling me it should be this way? Or, you know, those kind of things, like we all have our own systems that we live in, you know, experience things within. And so, yes, we obviously have to shift what we can and take in our personal power. And also sometimes the best and easiest way to do that is to have context of how it's happening to you and why that's occurring. And so these are just really eye-opening ways to see that. I'm just thinking about this thing. I remember when I first started this business, I wrote in my diary, I'm going to build a for-profit business with a non-profit soul. Uh, yeah. And I was like, wow, like at the heart of my business, it's like, I've never like built a business plan just for the money. I've like always just like had the, the people, the relationships, like the values of like equity and justice and generosity. And like, to me, entrepreneurship is this vehicle for like amazing change in people's lives. And yeah. like, that's the piece that I've always emphasized. And I think that me having that statement is also now subconsciously like keeping the business small. Yeah. It's also really interesting because I fully, fully get what you're saying with like for-profit business, nonprofit soul. But I think that there's so much nuance to that, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's so much like nuance around how nonprofits function and how they help. And like, again, yeah, you know, like totally. the essence of what you mean in that. But I think what's helpful to see here is, is like how that could suggest to you that there are certain things off limits or certain ways you shouldn't show up or certain things you shouldn't share, certain things you shouldn't own. And I don't think that has to be true, right? Yeah, because at the crux of it, I just always like wanted my business to propel people and the planet forward. Yeah. You know, like the rebel from the capitalism. What I notice in some of how you say things, and I'm curious if this is like intentional or subconscious or whatever, but you rarely include yourself when you talk about like business desires. Interesting. This is like, (laughs) (laughs) no, that is not intentional. Like, even just that, like, propel the people and planet forward. And again, like, obviously that is like such a beautiful goal, like nothing to make wrong there, but it is interesting that you aren't in that. 
Yeah, I think that, you know, I've seen capitalism and, and consumption and marketing and the greed and the like, I've seen the shadow side of all of that. And so I haven't wanted to participate or perpetuate that, but I can see that I've gone too far the other way. It's always so difficult, I think, to think about how change in a system occurs. Like, do I get within the system and create change? Do I step outside of the system and create change? Do I make a lot of money and then influence the system with money? Like, it's always like so confusing, I think, to think about like, how do I look at a system? How do I create change within it? But I think like what we can say for sure doesn't is like you playing small within it. And so that's maybe just like a helpful thing to see is like, it's where can we still hold your values and also make you a more prominent role in it, whether that's in your marketing and sharing your story or in the desires your business can meet or any of those things. Does that feel relevant or what comes up for you there. Yeah, it really does. Like my husband, he'll probably kill me for saying this, but whatever. There was like a season in our marriage where I'd get so frustrated at like how like I would label it selfishness. You know, mm. it's like go for eight hours and then like like you're working out this time and it's like, well, you didn't check in with me about like dinner schedules and all these other things. And then I had to check myself and I was like, is he being selfish or is he just being like a healthy adult that has sovereignty mm. over his life? And he's just prioritizing himself, which is like, I just don't find it naturally easy to do that. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, it's a priority for me to golf because I like reset my brain and it's so yeah. good for me or whatever. And you're like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. And I wonder yeah. how many moms, like if it's a motherhood thing or a woman thing or just a Robin thing, but you know, it's like, I'll look at the schedule and I'll see a crock and I'll go to yoga during that crock and I'll like, you know, prioritize myself where it fits for the family yeah. overall. But I, I would never be like, okay, next Thursday for 12 hours, I'm blocking out the day and I'm going to just go and like, you know, do a spotty or whatever. Like that's just not really in my nature. Yeah. And I think it's time for that to be. Yeah. It's so interesting that I think I'm probably going to like butcher how I say this. Maybe I should Google it before I speak, but in like, you know, that very old book that's like men are from Mars, women are from yeah. Venus. <laughs> they talk about how men are like wired for self-protection and women are like wired for like like nurturing and serving everyone else. And they say it in this like really useful way. But all that to say, I, I do think that it is in many ways like a mom woman thing. But I also think that it can be like how hard do we lean into that natural like inclination or how much do we like work against some of what is maybe a natural inclination, but what is also fucking patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's conditioned. Mm -hmm. Yes. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think it has trickled into my business in terms of like some leaky boundaries and like some overgiving and some underpricing and things like that. Yeah. Like I told you, I hadn't raised my, my, <laughs> group rates for uh, like years years yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh I'm like so excited for this I feel like this is like exactly the right conversation to be having at this time because it feels like this and obviously we'll get more to it but it feels like this is the crux of so much of the other stuff like why was I not scaling because I wanted to like serve in this way like why haven't I raised my prices because like I'm 
my natural thing is that they should come first. Like they don't want to pay that rate. Like let's Mm -hmm. not do that. Or like, why haven't I like scheduled the 12 hour spotting? Like who does that? You know, I think it's just maybe like a season for you to kind of reimagine what like life could look like if you included yourself and your desires in it a little bit more. And I think that can be really difficult because obviously one of your biggest desires is to help other people. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like one of my core, core, core values. But I think that like the good girl conditioning says that we're being of service when we're depleting ourselves, but like, it's really toxic and I need to really center myself again in my life and in my business and in my work. I really just want to end by reminding all of us how important it is to center ourselves in our own life and business, and especially for Robin in this season. You know, it does not mean we have to be self-centered in the way that we normally think of that word of like, it means like we are the only ones that matter and no one else matters and we do everything for ourselves and at the expense of others, right? Like that's not the point, but it's like, do I still count here? Do I still matter here? Do my desires still count? Do I still take them into consideration? Do I still make moves to help those come to life, right? Or am I like on everyone else's desires? Am I moving on everyone else's timeline? Am I centering my work and my business and my life around everyone else but myself? Um, You know, and I think as, as we were saying, like as women, like in our society, it is so easy to do that. And it is so easy to think that makes us a good girl, you know, like, okay, look at me being a good girl. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm making everyone else more important than me. My business exists to serve other people and definitely not to serve me, you know? And so I think that it's just really helpful to think about what it looks like to be centered in your own life and experience more where it doesn't mean that you don't still serve others really well. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you're a mom, your children aren't still top priority or any of those things. It just means that you aren't last, you know, and you matter too and decisions you make do heavily take into consideration what matters to you and is important to you. And I think, you know, so much of this for Robin, like she was saying, is having gone through a season where she just literally couldn't do that. Like pregnancy, IVF, infertility, loss, grief, like you almost can't do those things, right? Your body is is not yours, as she was saying. And so I think it's just really important to kind of get back to this in this season. So whether you've been through something like Robin or just, you know, are a woman who also finds this really difficult, I think this is going to be just so important to name. And I'm so, so, so grateful for Robin for taking us there. And also just like unapologetically, yeah, like this conversation's really shown me, reflected back to me that I really need to be more unapologetic about what works for me. Yeah. And what you bring to the table, right? Because even that's good girl conditioning is like, I imagine that it is true that like your past is quite confusing and all of those kind of things. But I would guess now that we've said all this is that what is maybe even truer there is that you think it would intimidate other people. Mm, Yeah. I hadn't even thought of it that way. You know, like the good girl thing is like, don't make other people feel less than. Don't intimidate them. Don't make them feel like you know so much more. Like be there like I'm just like you kind of person. Like that's that's the whole thing sometimes with good girl conditioning, right? Yeah. And I would say like my brand is very much like the best friend archetype. And like that also doesn't feel quite true anymore. So like even you just saying that, I'm like, yeah, like that 
it almost feels ick now. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel ick. That's so funny, right? Like it's like interesting to like once you have the awareness, you're like, oh wait, no. Yeah, like that's not the point. What feels like the ick? Like you're just like that's not how it, how I want to show up anymore, or it just doesn't feel like true of how you actually do show up, or. Like, I think there's, like, a side to me that I don't share, mm. like, publicly that's, like, not integrated into the brand. And it, it feels like the, the best friend brand is, like, supposed to be more palatable, maybe. Yeah. Than, like, what it would be if I, like, fully owned myself. Yes. Let's get into your non-palatable era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and that's actually a, actually a super juicy way to think about it in some ways, because that applies to everything. Like I imagine if your husband hears you say, hi, on Saturday, I'm going to the spa for 12 hours. That is less than palatable for him, <laughs> but like, it's still a whole Should thing. We try so, <laughs> right. Like I, I think that that's, that's really, really cool. Yeah. I feel like this is big. And I think it's, makes so much sense with everything you just went through because I think that like grief but also mothering and like the journey to motherhood and then all obviously grief alongside that both are like the most clarifying experiences yeah of like who do we want to be how do I want to show up in the world who am I on the other side of these things and I think you literally went through both at the same time like the journey as a mom and all of the hormones and change that come with that alongside grief. And like, I cannot imagine two more clarifying experiences living so tightly together. And so it just makes perfect sense that this is your like reemergence as like, wait, who do I want to be? And what is that identity now? You know? Totally. And this like devotion to like wanting it to be about me more because fertility pregnancy all of that is like not about you it's about your body's this vessel for somebody else oh oh I just got goosebumps that's so accurate yeah 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 and like your body's not yours and then like even after we lost her for over three months I had her pregnancy tissue in my body and it was still not mine and all the medical procedures and all of that like I, I just feel like this like massive internal fuck you to it all and it's like I just want to be me again like and I just want my body my life everything to be mine again yeah wow that's so big even your business right because your business is like in some ways and again like this is not always a bad thing but in some ways it's your clients totally yeah and especially in one-on-one right because at some point like those relationships like they just trump everything else And also they can make it harder to make the right business decisions. You know, like for me, at least I should say it has influenced me differently because it's never just about like the business stuff. What you want. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So good. Okay. So homework wise, I have two things that feel relevant and I'm curious if this feels good to you. So obviously tell me, but I almost feel like Everything we're working on is still like, yes, let's be working on that. But I almost feel like there's like maybe this like very small pause in between making the next decision around like even the name, right? To go and do a little excavation of like, what is this new identity I want to like birth in myself and or like just just like reawaken in myself, right? Alongside what do I actually want? And what are those desires? And like, could we know those things really, really, really deeply first and then reverse engineer 
like even the name or the price. Like I feel like obviously like I feel like we're somewhat decided on the price and maybe we'll land there again, but I almost feel like we need to come at it from a different angle. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. I need to start with that. So do you recommend journaling, vision boarding? Like what kind of structure should I have around that exploration? I would say like, I'm kind of good with however, like, and I'm curious to know this for you, but I'm kind of good with however you tend to like think about these things. Like, are you more of like a written processor? Are you more of like a visual kind of person? Like that might influence it. I think if you're a lot more visual, it'd probably be really amazing to put some of these things on a board, create some imagery, that kind of thing. I think if you're much more of like a written detailed processor, like we don't need a board. We just need to like know where you're at. I don't know if what you think around that and yourself, but tell me what comes up there. I'm like a big vision border person, but I also feel like then that's going to be connected to the feeling of like what I want to feel and what I want the brand to be. But I don't know that that's other people to feel. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know that it's going to necessarily be clarifying enough for like the root pieces that need to emerge. Yeah. If that makes sense. I I hear you. And I, what came up for me when I heard you saying that is like, I wonder if it would also feel more stretchy to have to like write your desires in a very Mm self-centered kind of way versus like picking out a beautiful image or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So definitely I think like list or journal kind of thing on like what's the new, I'll, I'll write these out in Basecamp, but like what's the new identity to embody? And then like, what are like the true desires that I have that are outside of anybody else? And it doesn't mean we're not going to come back to centering your clients. Like I think that I could give you all the coaching in the world and you will always be someone who centers their clients in it. Like that's not what I'm concerned about. I'm more concerned about like, what are yours separate to that? And how do we integrate that a bit? You know? Yeah. Yes. I agree. Okay. I'll do that. Thank you. So good. Ah, I loved this. Thank you so much for bringing this and being here to play in the kind of both and of like strategy and then also all the stuff that comes up with it. Yeah. Thanks for creating that space. You're so welcome. All right. I'm in base camp. If you need anything, tell me what comes up. Feel free to share this. Even if you just like write it on paper and you want to share pictures, whatever, feel free. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Literally. Your precious earbud time means the world to me, and I'm incredibly grateful that you chose to spend it with this podcast. Your feedback is not only valuable, but essential to me on this journey. So if you've enjoyed the podcast and found it beneficial, please take a moment to leave a review. And here's the best part. To express my gratitude, I'll select one lucky reviewer each month to receive my ultimate mini course to maximizing results in one-on-one coaching. If you want to be an in-demand coach who's known for creating those epic results and getting epic results in your own business because of it, then this course is for you and you can grab the first module of it for free right now at alitoflife.com forward slash mini course.